go ahead and grab a seat. And while you're doing that, there's some uh, band-aids being passed around. Uh, sometimes the messages get a little rough around here, and uh, we want you to be prepared. If there's any cuts, bruises, or, or abrasions, uh, contusions, we will have to do something else besides that. <laughs> Good having you guys here. Go ahead and grab a seat. If it's a little packed, there is a video overflow room. We have a plan. As God keeps growing uh, what he's doing here at Artisan, um, and it's great. We have more people here this Sunday than we even did last Sunday. And so that's amazing because usually when it's all packed in, you get this drop off. And uh, so it's good to have folks back. Great you brought friends. And so if you ever get a little tight in here or coming back next week, we have a great giant screen roughly this size down at the end of the, end of the hall you can use as well. All right? Good stuff. Well, my name is Jason, one of the pastors here with Artisan, and our message today, what the F, that's actually the title of the message, um, WTF, it's not a phrase you hear bandied about in a lot of church settings, even this one. Believe it or not, that's not a common phrase, except sometimes during staff meeting or, or other times, but at least during worship, we're pretty good about, about avoiding that. But it's part of the series that we're in called Text Messages, where we're looking at these, these compact little phrases, this internet slang that often irreverent, very raw, but definitely relevant are used to communicate some profound things. Last week, Pastor Brian brought the message, uh, OMG, oh my God. Talking about experiencing God, particularly through prayer. Next week, it's going to be crazy, a lot of fun. Pastor Scott, I think, is going to bring out the Lowell cats. Lowell, laugh out loud. How do you enjoy life and do it in such a way that is God's best for you and those around you? And that can be a hard path to navigate. And then I'll be back the final week I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion, how do you share your story in a way that is well-received? But this week, what the F? That's what we're talking about. So we'll see how we do with that. But it's one of those areas. In fact, y'all have a Band-Aid there, hopefully. If you don't, uh, go ahead and raise your hand. Someone will get you one. Um, how do we deal with those areas in our lives? Those incredibly troubling moments, those experiences that go beyond just the, oh my God, that we talked about last week, and, and are so unsettling that our response is, is some barely articulate version of WTF. How do we deal with those? How do we deal with those troubling times? And so, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, Gospel of John, chapter 11, and so part of my concern is, go ahead and undo your band-aid, and, and yes, put it on your arm. Hairier the better, but just go ahead and put that on there. Part of my concern with dealing with this topic is that I could be guilty of slapping a band-aid on what is a rather dicey subject, or it could be. What's really encouraging about the scriptures that I find lends credibility to them in usefulness is that when it comes to the WTF experiences of the human condition, the Bible pulls no punches. 
In fact, it is rather frank, often too descriptive for many of our tastes, and rather troubling. And so I want to admit up front that we could really dive off the deep end today. We could flip to a f- several places in the Bibles you have, those rather safe, tame-looking books, and we could just read horror after horror of things that happen to, to people who don't deserve it, people who do deserve it, people that we're not sure. And so the scripture is very honest about some of those experiences, ones we can relate to. And with kids in the mix here, I don't need to spell it out a whole lot, but the most horrific abuses, the most terrifying experiences, scripture says that they're real and they happen. But my worry is that if we jump in that part of the pool, in the deep end, that we'll just be numb at the end of this time. And so let's start at more of a 101, maybe 201 level. All the while admitting that we could go, you know, R or NC-17 with this stuff. Um, But I think if we find a starting place, then we can move from there. But one of my worries, or one of my contentions is that the way many of us deal, particularly in the church, with those what-the-F experiences is we tend to slap a Band-Aid on it. And so this passage of Scripture, John chapter 11, is a wonderful collection of these WTF moments. Ones that I think as we expand on a bit, everyone here can relate to. So you got your Band-Aid on? Good to go? Let's jump in. John chapter 11, beginning in verse 1. It says, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped her feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent a message to Jesus, Lord, he whom you love is ill. You see, Lazarus, Mary and Martha were Jesus' best friends. They were, they were BFFs, right? They poked each other, they rode on each other's super wall, you know. (laughs) Lazarus always trying to knight Jesus, and Jesus says, no, I'm just here to be a servant. They were, if you don't know Facebook stuff, oh, you are a fortunate person. Um, They were best friends, honestly. This was a group of people Jesus could hang out with and wouldn't have to always be healing and teaching and explaining and talking to large crowds and multiplying bread and fish. Though he did some of those things in their lives, these were people that he spent time with and that just refreshed him. You see it again and again. And so they're saying, Jesus, your good friend, Lazarus, is ill. So this could, this could turn ugly, right? This could be one of those what the F moments. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Possible Band-Aid. When we hear bad news or the potential bad news, and if you're a Christian, you may have heard this, that that those who are real friends of Jesus, they're going to be okay. And there's a hint of that. So... 
that might be a band-aid here that since Lazarus is a, is a real friend, you know, italicized real, a real friend of Jesus, it's going to be okay. And if you're having those WTF moments, you might want to look at your friendship with Jesus, right? Maybe you're doing something wrong. Go, go ahead and just grab the edge of that band-aid. Just, just give it a little tug. Yeah. Sometimes slap that band-aid that if we're really right with Jesus, bad things won't happen. And maybe that's going to be true with Lazarus. So jump ahead, verse 11. Jesus has now waited two whole days. He's just kicking back, doing his thing. No worries about Lazarus, apparently. And after those two days, Jesus tells the disciples that they're returning to Judea. It says, verse 11, after saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. Just peaceful you know, fighting off a fever, maybe. He's fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. And the disciples said, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death. But they thought he was merely referring to sleep because they were idiots, you know. <laughs> Not the brightest crew. So then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. What the F? Even worse, verse 15, and for your sake, Jesus says, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. So if I'm going to understand correctly, Lazarus is dead. So the BFF card, not a whole lot of good maybe. He's dead. Did I just hear Jesus correctly? That he's going to turn Lazarus' death into some after-school special? Those of you who are too young to know what an after-school special was, it was back, uh, back in the 80s, late 70s. They'd have these terribly campy and, and somewhat annoyingly condescending half-hour episodes where something horrible would happen, like, you know, Jimmy's parents are, are arguing and they're going to get a divorce or, you know, stay in school, don't don't smoke pot. Um, and then by the end of it, they'd fix it all up. And everyone would learn a valuable lesson. And Jesus saying, I'm glad Lazarus is dead, so you guys can learn something. It's another band-aid that we sometimes slap on. These what the F moments. It's that band-aid that says, well, it must be for my own good. It's for your own good. Those horrific things you've experienced, You'll learn a valuable lesson. Go, go ahead and just grab that band-aid again. Give it a little tug. Yeah. It's for your own good. Is that really what's going on here? So they can continue on. They head back to Bethany and arrive there in the, in the area of Judea. And in verse 17 and again in verse 20, says that when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. No wonder he waited two. He already knew he was dead. Verse 20, and when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. Remember, Martha's the, the woman of action. She's always making sandwiches, cleaning up the place, got lots to do. She's going to get the job done. And so she heads off goes and meets Jesus on the way, while Mary stayed at home. Remember, Mary's the more quiet, contemplative one. 
She's more thoughtful. Maybe a couple other band-aids there. You got Martha. What kind of band-aid might she slap on? This what the F moment. You ever heard this one? Well, just try harder. Be like Mary or Martha. Try harder. That if you are going through horrible times, could be because you're, you're lazy. You're not very proactive. Why don't you take control of your life? And if you're having these horrible things happen to you, it could be you're just not trying hard enough. Go ahead and give that a little tug. Okay. Or when that fails, if that's confusing enough, why aren't you more like Mary? Just accept it. Stop all your trying and, and all your effort and all your straining. Just be at peace and let the what the F wash over you. Just let it go. Another Band-Aid, you think? So how are Martha and Mary going to really deal with this? What's going to happen? Verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, what the F? I think that is a very fair paraphrase there. She runs out and meets him and says, the prayer that we all say sometimes, what the F? is going on. She says, Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Do you think that's a true statement? Absolutely. I think she's absolutely right. If Jesus had been there, Lazarus would not have died. Just like in the horrible things that happened to us, if Jesus would have shown up and done something about it, it wouldn't have happened. That is a true statement. What the F? Though, being a good Jewish girl, a devout young woman, she knows, she knows the Band-Aids. She says, verse 22, but even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Anyone heard that? And there's been a loss in your family? Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Is there a Band-Aid there maybe? You familiar with this Band-Aid? It'll all work out in the end. I'm not at the end. I'm here in the middle. And you're giving me a Band-Aid? Is that what Jesus is doing? Give that a, a little tug. Now let's be fair about our band-aids. Band-aids have their place. There's some truth to these band-aids we've just talked about. Is it true that real friends of Jesus will avoid some of the heartbreak and pain that those who don't know Christ end up experiencing. Is it true that that could happen for them? Absolutely. 
It's also true they might go through some worse times. And it's also true that we sometimes use that partial truth as a band-aid. Is it true that, that when we go through horrible experiences, that God can use those to help us grow, that it could be for our own good that we experience some of those deepest valleys, those darkest moments, that by God's grace on the other side of it we say, I am genuinely thankful that I went through that time. Sure. But is that a universal truth or can it sometimes be a band-aid? Is it true that sometimes you need to try harder and not just let life happen to you? And the reasons a lot of things are screwed up for you right now is because you are lazy. <laughs> just like I am. You aren't proactive. You don't take charge of things. And then for those of us who are absolute control freaks, is it true that sometimes we just need to accept what's happening and just be there? All true. And Band-Aids have their place. But there's some things you can't just slap a Band-Aid on. And there's some WTF events that a Band-Aid's insufficient for. Verse 32. Because then Mary finds out Jesus is around, and she goes to him. It says, when Mary then came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet. Because she's the more peaceful, contemplative one, right? She kneels at his feet and says to him, in a very quiet soft voice, what the F? Lord, if you had been here, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? Where have you put the body? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. There's a central doctrine to the Christian faith that many of us struggle with. And it's the idea that Jesus is fully human. That as Philippians chapter 2 describes, he emptied himself of calling upon his, his godhood. He truly took on human nature, went through all the stages has the emotions, the responses that we're wired with as well. And for Jesus, he now has a what the F moment. And maybe in his humanity, it just hits him hard. That no Band-Aid is going to bring Lazarus back. That no Band-Aid is going to heal the pain that Mary and Martha 
two single women in a culture where single women didn't have a lot of options, and the one man of this household is now dead? No Band-Aid's gonna fix that. And all these other people who are heartbroken and distraught and at a loss. And Jesus is just racked with grief. In fact, the wording there also implies that he's, he's angry, he's indignant. This is not the way the world should be. And he begins to weep. And I think in this moment, we start to get a handle on the beginning steps of dealing with what the F is wrong with this world, with us, with the people around us. Jesus begins to face the pain. Where we are a lot better at doing the Band-Aid and ignoring the pain. And so he faces the pain, doesn't throw out any platitudes, doesn't throw any of those empty, kind words that Christians say to each other. He just weeps. He faces the pain and begins to enter the pain that everyone else is experiencing. So John 11, verse 36, says, so the Jews said, those who were were gathered around that crowd, said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, what the F? So what if he loved him? Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? It's a miracle. That kid lived. You know what? It's not a miracle that the other four people died. It's a miracle. You can still walk. You know what? It's not a miracle that I have pain every day and I limp. the F. There are some things that easy answers do not cover. And it's a true statement. Jesus could have kept the man from dying. And I think that is our most profound what the F because it's true in every situation. Jesus could have kept Jesus could have made my parents get along a little better so they wouldn't have been divorced when I was 14. So I wouldn't have had to be an an adult years before I needed to be. And so my younger sister, wouldn't have had to go through the things she did. Where was he? Jesus could have helped me get a better grade on that test helped me study better. He could have made me a little smarter so that I wouldn't be failing and losing my scholarship. Jesus could, Jesus could, Jesus could, and what the F, he sometimes doesn't. And we don't always know why. And it is painful. It is painful. But hopefully, Even in that pain, 
we begin to find ourselves unsatisfied with the band-aids. Give that just a little tug again. Verse 38. Then Jesus, again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already, already, there is a stench. You can smell the death. He's been dead four days. And if it was me, there would be a a slightly accusatory tone in my voice. You can smell the death. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Oh, is this going to be another Band-Aid? Or something different? Verse 41, so they took away the stone, and Jesus looked upward. And I think in here, we don't know the dialogue but from as we read scripture, it's apparent to me that Jesus prays. He doesn't pull out the God card and just make stuff happen. That somehow in the mystery of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is a, an internal dialogue that we can barely even begin to grasp. And he genuinely prays which means there is genuinely the possibility, as Brian said last week, that there would be a yes or a no or a not yet. And so he prays, and then he hears from the Father, God the Father, and God the Son here says, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him. Let him go. It's time for the band-aids to come off. Now some of you have already moved to the next idea. And there's a little cognitive dissonance right now. And a few of you are rightly saying, what the F? It did all work out in the end. His best friend is back to life. Everyone learned a valuable lesson. You work hard, you accept it, and here we are, right? That's true. That in this particular instance, Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. But don't miss the Band-Aid lessons. 
And also, as you keep reading, you find out that this win is somewhat momentary. That it's this very event that catalyzes, that finally pushes the Pharisees and Sadducees over the edge. And you read a few verses ahead, and I'd encourage you to do that. And they say, no, he needs to die now. What the F? The Son of God brings someone back to life, and those who should know best are now planning, how can we put a stop to this? Lazarus begins to have a little fan club even. People are, rightfully so, want to talk to the guy who was dead four days. And the same crew, as you read, says, you know what? We need to put down Lazarus also. What the F? And so, don't be fooled by the Band-Aids. The Band-Aids have to come off. We need to be unwrapped, unbound, and set free. And so for you, could I have three different people, make it go faster, come and pass these out to everyone, like for each section? Let's put them, actually, there's some here. And then you just put the leftovers on the back there, and would someone make sure that the crew out in the, in the lobby, that they would get one of these too? So, have I said anything today? Was that just, you know, 20 plus minutes of, of another Band-Aid? What do you do with this? I've at least challenged us not to go too quickly to the Band-Aids. And I think in Jesus' actions, the fact that he weeps and then truly enters the event gives us a starting point. As the subtitle says, what the F? Face the pain. The band-aids need to come off. We need to face the pain. And so, yes, we are not diving into the deep end of the pool today. We're not flipping to the parts of Scripture where, where Dinah gets raped We're not flipping to that part of scripture where the concubine is thrown outside as bait, found dead the next morning, chopped into 12 pieces, mailed out, all for the purpose of a patriotic call to arms. We're talking about a guy who died and then Jesus brought back. But in that, I hope we've learned some things. And if I could just start you on the path of facing the pain, then I think the harder things, those deeper what the F moments, you might be able to handle even better. And so, I am so encouraged by the prayer, because I think it was a prayer, that both Martha and Mary just threw down to Jesus. I'm calling it a what the F prayer. Lord, if you had blank, blank would not have blank. And so I want you to take a few moments and fill in the blanks. I think for myself, Lord, if you had given my grandfather one more day, 
I would not have missed saying goodbye. Lord, maybe if you'd made me a more attentive husband, my wife wouldn't have spiraled down into the addiction that has destroyed her life and our family. Lord, maybe if I'd been a better spouse, they wouldn't have cheated on me. Lord, if I'd had more willpower, maybe I wouldn't have cheated on them. Lord, if you'd had me leave a half hour early, I wouldn't have ended up passed out in that bedroom. Now having to deal with the day after. Lord, if I'd had just an ounce more willpower, I wouldn't be lying here in my bed right now, racked with guilt. There's a what the F prayer for every person in here, isn't there? And more than one. I'm challenging you to at least put one down. And so take a few moments to do that. There's pens there. And, and as you're thinking and writing, let me close this time here. Band-Aids have their place. They help us cope with some of this pain. But if they stay on too long, they hide the deeper wounds. And at the end of it, it's not the Band-Aids that make a difference. It's the wounds of Christ. And so in our response time, that is for the remainder of worship, let's make good use of this Band-Aid. Let's use it to stick these prayers to that cross. Whether you are a follower of Christ or not, that's okay. Make it a what-if prayer. But the Band-Aids, they gotta come off or you'll never be able to deal with what the F is wrong with you, with me, with this world. And so stop writing for a moment if you are. Go ahead and grab that Band-Aid. On the count of three, one, two, is it two then go? Or is one, two, three. And keep that for your prayer. And so continue writing. And then at any point, before communion, after, Feel free to come over here and slap it up there. And as you're doing that, know that this cross is the fulfillment of what this table represents, this cross and the empty tomb. Now, the other response you may choose to be part of is the table of Christ, where he broke bread and said, this is my body. He poured wine in a cup and said, this is my blood. And all the disciples said, what 
And then Jesus said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, remember me. Because this is the only thing that makes sense of it. And so respond as God leads you. Leave the band-aids behind. Begin to face the pain. Christ has faced the pain for you. And he offers his grace. Amen.